Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. I'm so glad you are here today. And once again, we are so thankful for all the dads in the house today. It is your day, so you have the right to be a little selfish and say, I want to go eat today where I want to go eat. Go ahead and tell the person next to you, I want to go eat where I want to go eat today. Okay? All right. All right. Because I know one thing about men. Men love food. Are you with me? Are you with me? We do. We love food, right? So, with that being said, also what's really cool about dads is that dads love dad jokes because they're the best jokes in the world. Hands down. Why are you laughing? I mean, it always seems like dad jokes are looked down upon. But hey, before we go any further, would we welcome those who watch us online? They're all over the world. Give them some love. And if you're watching for the first time online and you are anywhere close to our area, please drive and come here and enjoy the wonderful fellowship of Freedom Church. These people will love you and Jesus loves you too, love to meet you. So when you think about dad jokes, I thought, man, it, was, it, would, just have, it would just be wrong not to take the platform because I've got the mic, right? To be able to do some dad jokes. So here, I want to share a few of them with you and then you can steal them because of the best in the world. You know, I used to work at a soft drink crushing company it was soda pressing. <laughs> I wonder why the Frisbee uh, kept getting bigger. Then it hit me. <laughs> You're wondering if I'm going to get to a cheesy one, right? Broken guitar for sale, no strings attached. <laughs> I'll get to a better one in a minute. How about this? I could have never be a plumber. It's too hard watching your life's work go down the drain. <laughs> How about this? How about this? Where did Captain Hook get his hook? A secondhand store. Where where else would he get one, you know? Uh, Now, how about this? Why did Shakespeare's wife leave him? Oh, man, y'all to know that. She got sick of all the drama. And, uh, hey, I'm going to give you one more. I just bought a dictionary, but all the pages are blank. I have no words to describe how mad I am. (laughs) So, I'm going to stop there. There's a few more, but uh, they might get worse, and then you're going to boo me and throw tomatoes at me if you brought some with you. So, today, I want to ask you in honor of God's Word in just a moment to stand, but what we've been doing, we've been doing a a, a total uh, series just trying to do all the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And let me tell you how God works things out. He worked it out today for gentleness for gentle men, okay? That's how God works with that. So it could almost be like a standalone with that being said. But we're going to talk about gentle women and gentle men together, and that includes all of us. So what I want to ask you to do, because I want you to let these verses, even if you're here for your very first time, I want to ask you if you ought to be clean, stand and let's read these verses together, then I'm going to pray uh, as we jump into the Word today. Here we go. Ready? 
But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Father, thank you for your word. I pray, God, today, Lord, that it's going to penetrate our hearts and make us like you. We pray, Father, Lord, even for someone that may be here for the first time, God, that you would just bless them with your love and your presence and your power. God, may we love them, God, and we can't love them like you do, God, but may we try. And God, thank you for each one here, and thank you Heavenly Father for being our Heavenly Father and thank you for all the fathers that are here today. God, we pray, Lord, and rebuke the enemy. God, he has no right here. God, may your word, God, bring conviction on the hearts who need you and Lord, help us to become better for you in your way and your will. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says, Amen. Amen. So, today when we talk about gentleness, what I thought was we got to think about and to measure the word gentle within itself. And the first thing I want to do is to look at the synonyms for the word gentle. Check it out. The synonyms are kind, loving, kindly, peaceful, soft, quiet, tender, mild, humane, compassionate, meek, merciful, kind-hearted, sweet-tempered, tender-hearted. And I know most of you are saying, that's me. You just described me, Pastor T. And, and that's what you're thinking right now. I, I know that because I, I know this flock. And, but there are antonyms as well that goes to really what opposite is of gentle. Let's look at those. Hard, rough, aggressive, fierce, harsh, cruel, savage, unkind, heartless, impolite, strong, powerful, and violent. And some of you are sitting and thinking, that's who I live with. That's not me. That's someone that I know. That's who I work for. That's the person across the street. That's my sister. That's my brother. That's my cousin. That's my used-to-be friend. Think about the word gentle for a minute. When you look at the original writing of the Bible, the Greek word for this really means strength under control. So I have a short definition here for you with gentleness. And I think it sums it up. Mildness, having humility, meekness, without pride. Without pride. Now, when you think about that, God hates pride. And God loves humility. The attribute of gentleness, what it really speaks of when you look at the original writing of this with the Apostle Paul, this word gentleness speaks and challenges leaders. Leaders. How leaders treat the people who are under their care your responsibility and accountability as servant leaders. See, God has a role of leadership for everyone, especially dads. And some of you are thinking, how do I lead? Well, you lead in your home. You lead when it comes to your family. You lead when it comes to your job or your career. You lead if you're doing ministry. You are ultimately, get this, a leader of yourself. Do you find your, do you, I, I want to ask you this question, and I'm just being really vulnerable with you because we're in this thing together. Are you like me? Do you find it hard at times to be, and you struggle with being gentle? I, I'm going to be the first to raise my hand. Not, nobody else here is. You guys don't have a problem with that, but I'm going to be the first to raise my hand to say that sometimes I struggle with being gentle. And I'm sure you do too. Sometimes you have a long day at work, and, or maybe your boss tells you you're being demoted. Or maybe it's a situation where that you're, you're coming through traffic on your way home and someone cuts you off and they add a flip you off. <laughs> maybe you get home and 
Your kids are fighting when you walk in the door. Or maybe you get home and you know that you need to prepare dinner, moms. And you ask your daughter to do the dishes and she politely tells you no. How do you respond to each of these situations and so many more? Because the list goes on and on. Our natural reaction as human beings is to handle those situations with a spark of anger. We lose our temper. How many of you have heard of Rambo before? Sylvester Stallone, even if it's an older movie, you want to just do battle in those moments. How many of you have heard the famous movie there called Dirty Harry by Clint Eastwood? Raise your hand. Make my day. You know, that's the way we want to act. You don't want to get mad. You just want to get even. And, but the Bible teaches us that there's a proper way to respond, and that's with gentleness. Gentleness. So I'm going to say a phrase that if you don't get anything else today from this teaching, I want you to get this. Be gentle to all and stern with myself. When I say be gentle to all and, you're going to say stern with myself. Be gentle to all and, be gentle to all and, when you leave here today, you're going to say it so many times that you're going to get it. But when you think about being stern, it's not a negative connotation. It means you're going to be firm with yourself. You're going to be resolute with yourself. You are going to be a person that when it comes to being gentle, you're going to be a person that's going to be uncompromising to be able to let God help you with this. Some of you are thinking, you mean to tell me, pastor, that I need to be gentle with my husband? Do you know my husband? Do you know how he treats me? when we're behind closed doors? Or, or do you understand who my wife is? Or do you understand who my kids are and how they treat me? Do you understand who that is that my supervisor de- demeans me and talks bad to me? I could go on and on and on. And you're thinking, I've got to stand up for myself. If I don't, I'm going to get eaten alive. The problem is this. The world we live in can bruise you so that we are antonyms. Of gentle. We are hard. We are rough. We are aggressive. We are harsh. We become cruel and unkind to everyone because of that one or that one or that one in our lives. And you know what it ends up doing? It can totally disconnect us from God and His presence and His power in our lives. It's important to understand this. And there's two important guidelines from becoming, for becoming a gentle person. Gentleness, here's what I want you to understand. It is a supernatural power of the Holy Spirit of God. It's not natural for any human being to be gentle. It is a gift from Almighty God, our Creator. And the second thing, it's an important guideline to understand about gentleness, that gentleness is a choice. You make a choice to be gentle. A gentle person is God-controlled, not others-controlled. You understand the difference? I shared with you different thoughts and teachings from John's Gospel, chapter 15, a few weeks ago, and I could actually take that chapter and we could spend a whole summer on it because there's so much depth to it that would help us in our relationship with Jesus Christ. But I want to read these again, and we're going to go for, from a different direction today with it. 
as well as some of the same things that we talked about. It says here, Jesus speaking, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? What's the word? What's the word? Nothing. We can't do anything. In these five verses, the word remain is there five times. That means it, I mean, it's, it's four times in those five verses. I think it's ten throughout the chapter. Remain. And the original content of that being that you have got to endure some things in the relationship. You cannot let the things of others control you. You've got to be God-controlled through the relationship you have here. When you look in verse 1, we find out that God is the gardener and Jesus is the vine. You look in verse 2 and you find out that you and I are the branches. That way you don't have an identity crisis. God is the pruner of the branches. And because of the vine, when we're in Him and we're connected to Jesus, we're able to be able to bloom and produce fruit. Produce fruit. But if we are not connected to the vine, what's going to happen to the branches? The branches are going to die. You might as well just burn it, as it goes on to say in the chapter here. If you are God controlled, you might as if you're not God controlled, you might as well burn the branches. It's not going to be any good. If you're connected to the power of the Holy Spirit, that connection that you have with Jesus is what's going to make the difference. But if you live your life continually being controlled by other people, you have severed your relationship with with God through Jesus Christ. That's what a lot of people don't get. In my humanness, I can't be gentle. I can try. I can give it effort. I can try to do everything I can, but it's a gift of God to be gentle. And if you choose to be God-controlled, then you can become a gentle person. You can absorb the verbal blows that comes at you. You don't have to retaliate in anger when someone offends you. If you're others-controlled, you're admitting that you are giving someone else control of your life and of your emotions. God bless you. How many of you have ever said, she makes me so mad? Yeah, you've said that. Yeah, a lot of people said that. He makes me so mad. People say that. I can't believe they did this to me. Who do they think they are? We've all had those types of emotions. And when you say that, here's what you've done. You have given control of your emotions to someone else, and you have taken the control away from God. You're being human-like, not God-like. How many of you here believe with me, whether you're just exploring Christianity, that Jesus is the greatest model of a human being that's ever walked the earth? Would you agree with me and raise your hand on that? Whether you believe he's the son of God or not, or you believe he's a great prophet, or you're just checking out who he is, he is the greatest example. Now, how many of you would raise your hand and say, I want to be as close to being like Jesus than any other human 
Just raise your hand. So I'd like, I want to be like Jesus. Because you look at the teachings, this man knows how to handle situations with a gentle nature, see? So if you're going to be gentle people, what have we got to be? We've got to be God-controlled people. Now, here in the Scripture, it says, it talks about God being the, the Father, being the pruner. Why is the Father the pruner? He's, it's simple. He, it, it is His vineyard. That's why He gets to do the pruning, because He knows the purpose of each one of us that are branches in the body of Christ. Do you, and I want to ask this question, so let me ask you this. How many of you here ever want to prune somebody? Everybody raise your hand in the house today, or you're lying, and I'm just going to call you up here, and we're going to pray over you, anoint you with oil, because you need it. Everybody in the house today is wanting to prune somebody. But you know what, y'all? We don't like being pruned, do we? We hate it. But it's in the pruning process of our Heavenly Father, through being connected with the true vine, Jesus Christ, that you and I become better people controlled of God and not controlled by somebody else's emotions that yanks our chain. That's what people do. They yank our chain. And you know what? You've got a choice in that moment. Am I going to let them take control of my emotions? Or am I going to say, you know what? God has got this. Say that with me. God has got this. That's the direction we have to go in our relationship with God. Because I promise you, I don't care what takes place, most likely next week, because you've heard this word, somebody is going to yank your emotions. Someone's going to jerk the chain in your life next week. And you know what? I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you're going to remember this moment. Because you know what you have an opportunity to do? Be an example of Jesus not an example of your heathen self, right? And people walk away and they think, they didn't get mad about that. That's a little unusual. Matter of fact, they didn't say anything. Matter of fact, they just was real kind and said, what's wrong with them? Who, who, who are they? <laughs> Hopefully you can say, uh, I'm a branch. Uh, Jesus is my vine. I'm connected to him, you see? That's what makes the difference. People, when you think about pruning somebody, listen to what I'm going to tell you. People aren't to be problems to be solved. They're not problems to be, people aren't. They're children that God made to be loved. To love like the Father. For you and I to accomplish that in our walk with God, we have to lend ourselves to the pruner. Be gentle to all and... Wow, man, we're just, okay, let me try it again. Be gentle to all and? See, look at that, they're helping you out right there. You cheated. <laughs> right? Right? We think many times that the way we live, listen to me, depends on our efforts. When ultimately, it depends on our submission to Jesus, the true vine. See, most conflicts that we have is with other branches, right? I mean, they're rubbing up against each other and they're doing things. And when I say branches, I'm not talking about branches of all the people. I'm talking about 
branches of people in the body of Christ that are Christians. I'm not talking about non-believers. Now, if you're here and you haven't professed faith in Christ yet, we are so glad you're here. You can lean out on this just for a moment. But most conflicts comes with other branches in the body of Christ. So you've got to be really careful how that you get upset with a non-believer when they rub you wrong. You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, getting upset with somebody who does not know Christ is like you getting mad at someone that is blind for stepping on your foot. You understand what I'm saying? It's called stinking thinking. That's what happens a lot of times. We have stinking thinking. Self-made men and self-made women is a lie from hell. God had a hand in on where you're at right now, whether you live and love and serve him or not. So it all boils down to this gentle connection. It goes back to the only attribute and attitude that Jesus talked about his nature himself in Matthew 11 and verse 29. He said, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. You've got to allow Jesus to teach you his nature, his characteristics, who he is, to invade your heart, invade your life. The more Jesus you get on the inside, the more Jesus is going to come out of you on the outside. So much unrest in the world today. So let's talk for a few moments, and we'll, we'll land this thing, about gentle characteristics. I've got a few verses here, and we're going to go through this, okay? Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. See, a gentle person lives with the understanding they're not so demanding. They live with this kind of understanding here. People, what they do, they put people ahead of, of themselves, a lot of times. You know, we want to get in front of somebody, but what you do as a gentle person, you put people in front of you. You don't have to be number one in every situation. You don't have to always have the spotlight on yourself when you have this kind of characteristics and nature about yourself of Jesus. You just stand back a little bit. You know what I'm saying? How, and and here's, here's one thing that's very important. How do you treat people who provide service for you? Think about that. How do you treat the sales lady at the mall that rung up the register wrong and charged you a little bit more? How did you treat her? How do you treat that person that's the auto mechanic and they put the wrong part on your car, but yet because they put it on there, they can't take it back and you got to pay for it plus what it is. How did you treat them? How did you treat someone that basically in your life you went into a convenience store that we all go into and you went in the convenience store and that convenience store person didn't treat you very nice how did you treat them in return let me ask this how many in here in this auditorium how many of you here have ever been a waiter or a waitress in your life or you're currently one now would you please raise your hand all across the auditorium hold your hands up for everybody to be able to see let me ask you this question, then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand again if you agree. How many of you that were waiter and waitress hated seeing Christians come in on Sunday that you were going to serve? Look here, look at the hands going up. You know why they hated seeing them coming? Because they were rude, obnoxious, and they didn't even leave you a tip. Can I get a witness? Let me say this to you, and I don't know who this is for. It is the nature and it is the characteristics of the food industry business that we tip. If you can't tip, don't go out to eat. It's just the way it is. 
Whether you like it or not, that's how they make their living. But it's not only that. Many of you are tipped 20, 25%, but you treat them like they're some hireling that's serving you. So few of us control our lives, whether it's food service or something else or at the mall, whatever. So few of us control our lives. So what we want to do, we want to try to control other people's lives. So when we get the opportunity, because we've had our chain yanked so many times, what do we want to do? We want to yank somebody else's chain, and we do it a lot. And unfortunately, we do it in the area of people that serve us in our day-to-day lives. Be understanding of them. Put yourself in their place. Try to vicariously, that is, imaginary participation. Imagine what it's like to be in their life. So once again, be gentle to all and that's what we got to be. James 1.19, listen to this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. How do you respond? Like James is talking here, when someone corrects you. Think about that for a moment. Let that resonate with your spirit. Do you take it? Or do you retaliate with anger? I'll tell you right now, that's one of the toughest things it's been. Shannon and I will be married 32 years, September 16th. And the toughest thing that I've looked at as I was studying this week is when she in the right corrects me about something. And it's just, I want to grip my teeth. I want to say something. How many, how many husbands here will say, it just kills you when your wife corrects you and you know she's right? Raise your hand. Go ahead and fess up right now. You know it, right? It kills you. But you know she's right. You know, and I just... You know, it's just tough sometimes, you know? As gentle people, though, we're teachable. I'll say that again. As gentle people, we're teachable. We're like sponges. We're open to suggestions. How do you act in the office or how do you act on the job? Are you teachable or are you a know-it-all? Boy, it's quiet in here. One thing about know-it-alls, they might know it all, but they're alone a lot. Because nobody desires to be around a know-it-all. No one likes a know-it-all. Some of you are thinking, I'm so glad they're sitting with me today. Jesus, do something in their life. They think they know everything. But anyway, gentle people admit that they don't know it all. That they're open. They, want, they have a, a, an aura about them that, that they want people to give them good constructive criticism. Now, I'm not, you, you just don't criticize somebody to be criticizing somebody, but you give somebody constructive criticism, and that's not easy to receive, but it's going to help us to be better people. Are you with me? That's what good constructive criticism does. And listen to me closely. When we stop learning, we stop growing. Listen, if you're not reading, you're not leading, okay? Now, number one, we read the Scriptures. But whatever area of life you're in, whatever career life you're in, whatever you're doing in life, if you're in the mom life right now, whatever stage and season of life, be reading and then you'll be leading correctly. Read the Word first and then read something that God leads you to that is something solid in that. If you're not learning, you're not leading, you're not growing. Be gentle to all and stern with myself. Let's take a look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. 
It says, brothers and sisters, I love this from the New American Standard Bible. Listen to this. Brothers and sisters, even if a person is caught in, in, in a wrongdoing, in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, look at the person next to you and say, I count you out. Some of you is thinking it. Well, I said it, okay? It says, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person in a spirit of viciousness, a spirit of judgmentalness, a spirit of cruelty. No. Spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you are not tempted as well. When you look at the original writing of this word restore, it is like setting a broken bone is the original writing of it. A bone has to be set correctly so it heals correctly so the usefulness will be correct in the future. So when we think about evangelical circles, when we think about churches, when we think about restoration, and I looked around this and I've studied this and I've talked to other pastors and I grew up in the church, so I have somewhat of a right to say this. Restoration is almost like a cuss word in the church. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Christianity is the only religion where we worship the dead saints and we shoot the wounded saints to kill them. It's the truth. Somebody needs to clap because it's the truth. The church is known by being a bunch of judgmental people. Is that true or not? We're known as being judgmental people. If you're not a Christian yet, you would probably say, yeah, yeah, he's telling the truth, yeah. Yeah, we're known as being judgmental people. We don't, a lot of times we're not careful because of our human nature, not our gentleness of the Spirit of the Lord leading us. We don't restore people, we kill them off. We disqualify them, we judge them, we talk bad about them, and we gossip about them because they got caught in a wrongdoing. And when you are killing and condemning somebody who has messed up, the only difference between you and the guilty person is that you probably hadn't got caught yet. Right? Am I right? It's so easy for you and I to get caught up in our judgmental nature and because we look at other people that mess up in life. And we're all going to mess up in life. The Word of God tells us in Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we got to be really careful how we're looking down our long nose of a judgmental nature because you know what? If when you let your guard down, the enemy's going to come in and you might be the next one that gets caught in a wrongdoing. Then they're going to be making fun of you and criticizing you and judging you and talking bad about you. I have a hard enough job, church, taking care of Terrell. And you have a hard enough job taking care of you. we got to have that gentle spirit. And when somebody messes up, we don't go to them and try to be ugly to them and say, I can't believe you messed up like this. You go to them with a spirit of gentleness and say, hey, brother, you messed up. And I, and I know it, and we love you, and we're going to pray for you. We're going to be here for you. We're going to take you through a restoration process. We're going to take you through a reconciliation process. We're going to love you, whoever it is. But be real careful how you throw your judgmental nature on somebody because the enemy will do everything he can do to make you next to be caught in a wrongdoing. Are you with me, church? If you are, say yes. So, hope you understand what that, that teaching there for us, uh, what we are as a church. Our goal as Christians 
isn't to penalize them, but to restore them. Get them back to where Jesus wants them to be. It's called repair. It's called restoration. It's called reconciliation. It's called getting back in the will of the Father. Listen to this very closely. Treat people the way you want to be treated if you were the one that got caught in a wrongdoing. Let this, let that. A lot of people won't have anything to do with church today because we didn't treat them. We didn't treat them like we'd want to be treated. If we were the ones that messed up, if we were the ones that got caught in a wrongdoing. Be gentle to all and stern with myself. Proverbs 15 1, okay? says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words makes tempers flare. Do you guys agree with this verse? This is a good verse. Feelings are everywhere. Feelings, nothing more than. They're everywhere, right? We have to be easy. We have to be gentle. I'll never forget this. I'm going to tell this very quickly. When my girls were very young, we were building a home. And we went to see this remarkable couple. And we were buying some old vintage stuff from them. And they had this glass case. And inside this glass case was this bowl. Mariana, I think that's the correct name, right, Shanda? Mariana gets this bowl out, and she offers to let India hold the bowl. And I thought, you don't like your bowl too much, do you? (laughs) India, out of my three girls, and she'd tell you this, she was probably a little bit more rambunctious than the other two. But there's one thing special about this bowl. This bowl was from the Ming Dynasty. Talking 1300s, talking about a whole lot of money. And she hands this bowl, and she kind of corrects us gently and says to mom and dad, says, she'll be fine to hold it. So she got to hold this bowl that was 700 years old from the Ming Dynasty. And I'm thinking... Ma'am, I love you, but you are messing up bad right now. You're fixing to pick up pieces. You know, that's just what you normally think. And so we have to be easy and we have to be gentle. Like Mariana was gentle with India in our relationships. But as parents, our responses that we give our kids is what our kids are going to take into their homes and they're going to use on their own when you're not around. As parents, we need to be careful how we respond to our kids whenever they smart off to us, whenever our kids ignore us, whenever our kids are obnoxious or when they're rude. When we want to strangle them in the name of Jesus, I want to tell you something. Be really careful how you allow your anger to grow and grow and grow, and then we finally blow up. They think, wow, dad's gone nuts, mama's gone crazy. That's not the way to respond your children as parents we got three choices when our kids offends us in order to be able to respond to them we can react in fear to keep the peace at any cost we just basically pull back away from them we retreat from them we just let them offend us and we don't say nothing or the opposite we do we go into a blind rage and that's how abuse starts and that's what's happened in america with abuse but the third response is the right response with our children respond with gentleness it's the proper choice of dealing with our kids in all situations. Ephesians chapter 6, and you can read it for yourself, it says there for fathers not to provoke your children to anger. That's what it says and reminds me of a story I read one time about a little boy that 
got his dad a, a gift for his birthday. And he was so excited and rambunctious and couldn't wait till his dad opened his gift. He got his dad for his birthday. So as the dad opened the gift and finally got it open, he opens the lids of it and he looks in the box and there wasn't physically anything in the box. And he looks at his son and says, son, when you're going to give somebody a gift, you need to put something in the box that's a gift. You don't give them an empty box, son. Do you understand? And the little boy broke and began to cry. He said, oh, dad, that box is full for you, dad. It's full of hugs and kisses just for you to have any time you want them. How quick we are to allow our hearts and our lives to be others controlled, not God-controlled through His gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. One thing that I have discovered in raising my daughters, I messed up many times. Many times I messed up with them. So I just want to challenge you. Be gentle to all and stern with myself. One thing I've discovered is that we can be so guilty of hurting the ones that you and I are supposed to love the most. The last verse is this. Proverbs, well, there's two more, but I'm, I'm skiing, okay? I'm going to land a plane, okay? A lot of planes on the runway right now, but here we go. Proverbs 17, 19, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. You see, you hear that? See, a gentle person forgives. They don't quickly run to judging them. When someone disappoints you or someone makes a mistake, how do you treat them? Do you treat them as if you know it all? You've got the market cornered on the mistake they made or you lovingly, lovingly wrap your arm around them if it's your loved one or you lay your hand on their shoulder if they work for you or if it's a neighbor across the street that you had an aunt with. See, gentle people will forget the offense. They won't judge the person. Too many of us, and, I, and I, I'll raise my hand first, too many of us have this I told you so attitude. We like to keep bringing up the offense year after year after year after year. We want them to think about it all the time because that gives us power. A gentle person forgives and tries their best to forget in their life not to keep an angst between them and that person. Be gentle to all and stern with myself. This is, uh, to me, one of the most important verses of the day. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Wow. Let your gentleness be totally evident 
don't have to look for it. They know automatically that you're a gentle person. Gentleness that brings glory to Jesus because it's his gift. Together, this is what I believe, church. I believe as men and women, husbands and wives, moms and dads, leaders in the workplace, people in our community, we can make this world a better place by being gentle people and gentle leaders in all facets of life. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we love you so much and we thank you that gentleness is your gift to us. God, may that gentleness be seen in our very lives. God, help us not to be controlled by others, by what takes place, by things that happen. I pray, God, that we'll be God-controlled, led of your spirit of gentleness, so that the light of your son Jesus, others can see it in our lives. As we continue praying, I, I want to ask you a question. Who have you hurt in your life? Have you hurt your wife? Have you hurt your husband? Have you hurt your children? Has it been a friend? Maybe your parents? A co-worker, a waiter or waitress? How many of you here, the Lord has convicted your heart and you know that there's somebody that you've hurt? Would you just lift your hand right now and say, I, 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 I know that. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty in this church. God bless every one of you that lifted your hands. Would you pray with me as I pray? Pray for yourself and pray for who you are and what you want to be. Father, right now, Lord, God, all of us in this house have hurt someone at some point in time. Please forgive us, Lord. If there's amends that needs to be made and restoration that needs to be made and even reconciliation in a relationship, I pray for the courage for each one that lifted their hand, God, to go and do so because that will show the fruit of your spirit in our lives. Find us faithful in that, Jesus. As we continue praying right now, maybe you're here for your first time and you traveled thousands of miles to move here. Or maybe you came today because you're broken and hurting. It's like a broken bone, but your, your heart is broken. And maybe this is the one time you came to church and you were looking for a God that you heard that was real, that could help you in your life. You just don't know him. Well, he wants to know you. And when he brings that spirit of conviction on your heart, we've all messed up and fallen short. We've all missed the mark. And so... If you feel him knocking on your heart's door, it's just he wants a relationship with you. Maybe you're watching right now online and he wants a relationship with you too. All you have to do is not complicate it, but just simplify it and say, Lord Jesus, I want to invite you into my life today. I don't want to continue this heart that's hurting so bad. I don't want to continue going my way. I don't want to continue being the boss of my life. I, I want to submit to you today. I want to add, just tell them, say, Lord, I want to ask you to come in my heart and, and save me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I want your spirit of love. I want your spirit of gentleness. I want your spirit in me. 
Save me, my life is yours. Now, if you've prayed this and you've meant this from the depths of your soul, all you have to do is say, thank you, Jesus. You know that spirit of love that comes in your heart and you feel that peace that you can't explain. That's the salvation of Jesus. You have just caused a party in heaven and angels rejoicing. If that's you and you just gave your life to him and you know it for the first time, would you just lift your hand real high to heaven and say, yes, today it was me, Pastor. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Just lift your hand real high. Lift your hand real high. Father, thank you, God, for salvation in the house today. Thank you, Lord, for all of us that want to be gentle people like you, Jesus. Strength under control of the Spirit of God. I thank you for each family that's represented here. May we go and make a difference in our community and beyond that your light shines very brightly through our lives. We love you, we praise you, and we honor you for being our Heavenly Father that gave His only Son where that we wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. In the name above all names whereby we must be saved, it's the name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today online. We know that you weren't able to join us in the auditorium, but that's totally fine because you've made this a priority in your life to make sure that you are receiving God's Word. If you received Christ for the first time today, that's absolutely awesome, but we want to know about it. So if you can, if you're on Facebook, in the description there's a link. Go ahead and hit that and fill it out uh, on our connection card that you received Christ. If you're on our website, if you're on an app, hit the menu at the top and you can do the same thing from there. So if you're already on the connection card, you probably are noticing some other next steps that might be interesting to you. If you are interested in any one of those, just check those and when you submit that, it'll inform us and we can be in contact with you to answer any questions that you may have about those next steps. So this is the time of our service where we're gonna jump into our giving. At Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. This is just another act of worship where we trust God with what He has blessed us with. If you're on Facebook, again, in the description, there's a link there. You can give securely, safely on the website and the app. Also in that menu, you can see a place to do that as well. But just because we're in the, the time of technology doesn't mean you can't do it the old-fashioned way. There is an address at the bottom of the screen that you can send it to, and it'll, come, it'll show up safe as well. Or just drop it by the office anytime Monday through Thursday between 8 and 5, and we will receive it. Other than that, you have a great day.